the police car sped away, Indigo tugged the boarding pass out of her hand. The plane would be leaving in six hours. Indigo looked very worried. But June Sparrow was not the kind of girl who simply did as she was told. Six hours, she said thoughtfully. June asked for the check, and the juice man told her it was on the house this time. Under the circumstances, she decided it was the appropriate moment for a gracious thank you. Just then, the juice man pulled out an enormous bouquet of white roses from under the counter. Happy birthday, Miss June, he said. June was stunned. How did you know? The juice man smiled. I've been making papaya shakes on this corner for a long time, Miss June. They're beautiful, June said softly. Thank you. She jumped down off the stool with her bouquet in one hand and indigo in the other. What should we do, Indigo? Am I really ruined? Should we still go to the opera? Indigo looked at her long and hard, then pushed his snout into the bouquet and snuffled deeply. You're right, June said. It's still my birthday, and I'm not going to spend it at the airport. June carried the roses into the opera house with Indigo bunting hiding behind them. It was perfect camouflage, as pigs weren't technically allowed to attend the opera and this seemed like the best way to make an entrance. June settled into her box, surrounded by white roses with indigo bunting on her lap. And as the curtain rose, she thought that if it was really and truly her last night in New York, this was as nearly perfect as it could get. La Boheme was one of their favorite operas. It was over-the-top romantic, fantastic costumes and arias, bucketfuls of snow falling from the rafters, and the glorious grand finale when the young heroine Mimi dies in the arms of her lover, Rodolfo. When the curtain came down, June and Indigo had both soaked their handkerchiefs with satisfying tears for Mimi, and maybe a little for themselves. June thought that she wouldn't mind having a handsome poet mooning over her. But to be perfectly honest, Indigo Bunting was much better company than Rodolfo. When they stepped outside the opera house, the fountain at Lincoln Center was shooting high bubbles through the beams from the spotlights. And even though she knew they really had to get to the airport, June couldn't help herself. She kicked off her ballet flats and ran around the cement rim of the fountain in her bare feet. Indigo Bunting raced ahead of her. He was small enough to occasionally throw in a tiny pirouette without falling off the edge. After three times around, he was panting hard and June swept him up and kissed him right between his little pink ears. We have to say goodbye to New York, Indigo, June said. We have been dealt a harsh blow by fate. Going to the opera always made June feel very dramatic. But our story is not yet over. In fact, it is only beginning. Indigo started wiggling his curly tail in agreement. June Sparrow and Indigo Bunting are as New York as bagels and cream cheese. We're as New York as King Kong and the Empire State Building. June put one arm into the air and Indigo wrapped himself around her elbow, baring his teeth and trying to look like an enormous gorilla. He wasn't very convincing, but she knew what he meant. Suddenly, there was the sound of applause and they looked up, surprised to see that a small crowd had gathered. A woman wearing a feather boa dabbed her eyes and someone yelled, you go, girl. June picked up her flowers from the juice man 
and threw them out to the crowd like a wedding bouquet. It scattered into a dozen white roses in the air. People scrambled to catch them, and there was more applause. Now that's what I call an exit, June whispered to Indigo as they jumped down from the lip of the fountain. There's still two and a half hours before the plane leaves, Indigo, June said when they reached the sidewalk. I think we have just enough time to go home. Indigo gave her an incredulous look, but she picked him up and ran. Home was the Dakota, the most fabulous address in all of New York City, the building where Leonard, West Side Story, Bernstein had lived, the building where John Lennon had been shot and Yoko Ono still lived. June had never lived anywhere else in her life, and she swore that she never would. As she liked to say to Indigo Bunting, the Dakota was opera. But when June arrived, there were four police cars with their lights flashing.